Rewind. Ball over the top there. It's a good ball as well. That's going to be a goal. It's a winner for Leicester City. Nathan Dyer, great run from outside to win. As an absolutely smashed by the goalkeeper. Bravery just to get ahead of it, but it's in. It Nathan looks like Dyer really is flat out on the pitch. He was taken out of it. Back into Mason, and Mason scores. That's a really good goal. Just as we were calling for it, Ryan Mason gives Tottenham the lead. And it was the best team move of the game so far. I am the champion. The players are the champions. The way they are playing is not so bad as the results, but in every game, everything goes uh, goes against. But Camogie in general just means everything to me, to come out and win today and, and to have that victory. It puts everything into perspective, you know, that's why I'm not afraid to show my emotions, I'm not afraid to say what I want to say. When, you, when you're out for 12 months like that with a serious injury, you never you never quite know you're going to get back, you ever going to see all on a final day again. It's fantastic to be back, when I'm certainly have a, probably a greater appreciation for it now. Knowing that you might you might get back here in a number of years again, or might never get back here, so you want to make it count. It's not just us though. It's everyone in Limerick wants to win All Ireland finals because we've had we've had we haven't had so many in the in the county, and it's not just us. It's there's plenty of players out there that want to win All Ireland. So we just we just open the gates for them. Just uh, believing all the way till the end and trying trying to stay mentally tough. I don't think there was a single point throughout the entire match where I could really relax, even when I was 5-2 up in the fourth serving for it. I thought, you know, 15 love, a couple of good serves, but Roger kept pushing. This is the Rewind on News Talk. Coming up, more on what you've just heard, including chats with Colm Cooper and Alan Brogan ahead of the All-Ireland final between Kerry and Dublin. We'll also have more from Cork Camogie captain Ashleen Thompson on their win over Galway. Barry Nash scored five points for Limerick in the Borgash Energy All-Ireland Under-21 hurling final on Saturday night. You heard there how much it means to him and how much it means to Limerick. We'll hear from his teammate Kean Lynch as well as Wexford boss JJ Doyle later. Wicklow won the B final. And whether or not this creates a renaissance in, in Wicklow hurling, I'm not sure, but it's a big day for those who are into their hurling and play it in Wicklow and who know they're probably not going to get too many glory days. We'll hear from the manager, Jonathan O'Neill, and captain Gavin Weir on what it means to them. First up, though, it's the Premier League and the return of the Champions League. Former Chelsea and Ireland fullback Paddy Mulligan joins us, as always. Uh, Paddy, a bad weekend for Liverpool. But it was even worse for Chelsea. Oh, they were, they were dreadful. But take nothing away from Everton. Everton were magnificent. And, and I recall they beat uh, Man United at, at Goodison as well, about 3-1, uh, maybe five in, in, in five or six years back in, in the Ferguson era. And um, they were absolutely supreme that night. And again on Saturday, they just ran Chelsea ragged uh, the whole day long. And Chelsea, Chelsea can have absolutely no complaints, but Chelsea are not playing anyway near the standard uh, of last season. No, no question about that. Fabregas is only a shadow of his former self. Ivanovic is all over the place. Uh, Zuma is not the answer to, uh, at the moment. Um, Hazard, not at all. Cost up front, mm. nothing, nothing doing there what, at all. What is it? Has Jose lost them? Are players not it. as good as they were? Are they no. tired? What? I think. I think. Well, I don't see how they can be tired. But I, I appreciate what you're saying, mm. uh, Oshin. Um, it's only the start of the season, so they can't be tired either, either mentally or physically. And um, what it is, I think, is that they haven't freshened up the squad. He didn't, uh, by all accounts, he didn't get any money during the summer to go and freshen up the squad. He, he was refused cash. Um, so that that would have been a bit of a blow to him and um, it needed freshening up it needed more midfield players it certainly needed frontmen and it needed a central defender and that hasn't happened so consequently they're, re- they're totally reliant on, on the on the lads who played out of their skins last year and it's just not happening for them uh, um, just at this moment in time even if they were to get a win against Arsenal on Saturday I don't think they'll have turned the corner I think they have a long long way to go Raf Diallo of Team 33 and Off the Ball also with us. This is when Jose tends to walk, isn't it? Third season syndrome, generally, yeah. Um, now, he did finish his third season at Chelsea the last time, but it was the that was the first year that uh, the he, they kind of lost their sheen of invincibility and Man United came back and won the title. So we're seeing that pattern again, having seen it at Real Madrid as well, where he kind of start the fallouts he'd started to have just you know they go into overdrive and yes. you can't really you can't run a club in that atmosphere Is it because no. he runs them at such intensity that you can't possibly keep that intensity going? I would say that every day in training is, is totally intense and, and, it, and it could be a factor as well O'Shane that, that uh, the players just don't have the mental capacity to keep that intensity going I don't know I don't know what players could do that if he's as intense as we think that he might be in every day of the week training so that, that just that just can't be good yeah, man. He's got to get the balance right. 
yeah. there has to be the little bit of fun and there has to be the day off and there has to be a bit of relaxation and, and let the players go and go. But he does flow. seem like he's up for a laugh and we only yeah, see you, you one side so. of him in interviews and everything. We only see the well, side Jose wants out there. It's often said players, like if you ask any player that's ever played with him or played for him before, that they always, they want to play for him in a sense. Like yes. even Stephen Jarrod was talking about it in some of his extracts during the over the weekend that you know if you talk to any Chelsea player or any player at Real Madrid during his spells there at least in the early part of it you're kind of driven you're motivated to perform but obviously you can't really keep that level up yeah there's only there's only so much so so many performances you can give in a season as well or in two seasons or in three seasons yeah so you know you've got to you've got to be very you've got to be very cagey as to how you operate with these with with, with players these days and 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 if Mourinho doesn't change his, his style to a degree, and yes, I can understand why players would play for him, because I mean he he is a fabulous he is a fabulous manager when he's on song, but then when he's not on song, I don't believe that the situation a few weeks ago with the medical team, I don't believe that has helped him in any shape or form. I think that was a despicable thing uh, what he what he did that that particular day. There was no need from to go and berate the doctor and 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 the physio. Absolutely no need whatsoever because they were doing their job. And since then, it's been it's, it's been it's been downhill. Now I found it very very odd on Saturday when he came out with with the, with, with, with the stuff after the game um, about that. I am the man to manage Chelsea. Yeah. I want to be here. I don't want to go. So are the rumblings in the background? That's that'd be that'd be that'd be my question. I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me because Abramovich might just be getting enough again of of uh, of, of uh, Mourinho. Who are the managers that could replace him? Are we already talking in those terms, Raf? Well, do you think they've already used up Carlo Ancelotti? They've used up uh, used up nearly everybody. Yeah, they've used up quite a lot of <laughs> names that you would possibly Louis, think might come back. Louis, Louis, Louis the Loop from Manchester, or Louis the Looper from Manchester. Huh? Yeah, it's it's hard to pick somebody out at the moment, yeah. particularly like Simeone. Well, tied into a contract, but we've I think Simeone doesn't... would do. Simeone's not too dissimilar to Mourinho in that they both like counter-attacking football. They're both very intense, but Simeone doesn't seem to. Simeone seems to be able to stay in the longer haul. Uh, whether he's able to do that in the Premier League, who knows? Yeah, that that could be a different different kettle of fish. But I, I, I also yeah. I wouldn't leave Atletico if I were him. Like he seems really secure there. Why would you go to Chelsea where yeah. you know Abramovich for more money? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Well, they all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forgot about it, but the the, the, the players and managers don't forget about no, stuff like that. As no. as was evidenced by De Gea at the weekend and his agent. You know, yeah. when they're we're not going to sign for Man United under any circumstances. But now two hundred and sixty five thousand a week is thrown in front of them and say, oh yeah, maybe Manchester isn't so bad after all, no matter what rain they get. It would make me question my beliefs if that kind of money was thrown at me. In fact, it wouldn't even be a question. I just Same as myself, you just can't. Yeah. You, you, know, you, you, you must have your principles. Yeah. You know? And De Gea, I think, was, was treated shabbily by United and treated shabbily by, by Real Madrid. And if I had been him, um, I would not have, have signed for Manchester United. A new contract, but, the, but this is a modern player. We see it all I know the time. That. I know that. That's that's what should that's yeah. what should have been yeah. done. But I, I but wouldn't be surprised if he has a clause in his contract. I wouldn't be surprised if next summer or even by January he's gone. He can go. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, look, they yeah. both got something out of this. I think we can say yeah. yes. De Gea yeah. has got extra money, and United will get a few extra quid out of Real Madrid, which let's face it, they love because there's. There's a real bitterness between those two clubs. Um, let's talk about Manchester United on the pitch. A 3-1 win against Liverpool. Yes, and it was the worst Man United-Liverpool game that I have probably ever seen. Um, the first half was just abject. I've never seen so much fear, uh, so bad positioning, uh, so bad positioning play. Uh, the passing was atrocious, the moving off the ball from both teams. It was, it was, it was dire. Uh, no tackle going in. Um, I just, I just couldn't. And Brendan Rodgers, well, Van Hal's uh, team selection left a lot to be desired. But Brendan Rodgers' team selection, I don't know where he was. I mean, he's got to put Benteke up against Blind, and he's got to have Ings playing off Benteke up against Smalling, and he did neither. He puts Firmino wide in the right. He puts Ings wide in the left, and all they're doing is tracking back towards their own goal. When Firmino got the half chance from the corner kick that skirtled that Blind kicked off the line. He didn't know what to do because he was so busy appealing that the ball was over the line instead of concentrating and getting the ball and sitting in the back of the net. And City, he stuck it wide by the near post. That, that would have made it one each. But I think that United you know, were still going to, going to win the game. The second half, there was a, there was a slight improvement only because uh, there were four goals and, and there were uh, probably two, two magnificent goals. When Teke's goal uh, with the bicycle kick, as it used to be called, and then Martial's... Uh, uh, 
run and and and, uh, and great finish for for United to make it to make it three one. Martial started his run from a right wing position and went cr- straight across the pitch and, and Skirtle headed the ball clear and then it was played out wide to Young and nobody challenged Young. I went missing. Uh, he left. Uh, he left a uh, uh, Klein with, with with Young. Skirtle came out and. It was, it was like come dance at me. He he just didn't know what to do, whether they get a tackle in or what to do, and instead did nothing, and and made it very very easy for Martial to go and make up his mind, stick it in the back net. Now it was a wonderful finish. Let's be very clear about that. His control of the ball was was, was magnificent. But don't be talking about him in the theory theory on reclass, whatever you do, because he's not anywhere near that. He's only he's only come into into the Premiership. He's only played a, a, a quarter of a game. And he's got a he's got a smashing goal, but let's leave it at that. Yeah, just in terms of the pressure he's going to be under. Obviously, United did overpay, regardless of his the goal he scored, fifty eight million or euro, yeah, whatever it was. It's it's yeah. it's definitely overpriced. But how do how should Van Gaal kind of deal with him at this point? He's obviously proven that he does have the potential to make moments of magic. But you know, he's only nineteen or twenty. He's, there's going to be inconsistency there. So yeah, but just, don't forget that Genesai came on in the same in in, in, yeah. in, in the same breath. Uh, uh, two years back and where is he out? Out on lawn so don't, don't be surprised if something like this happens to this young lad as well that's that's the problem with young lads that they hopefully he has his feet on the ground and hopefully the manager and staff at Man United are going to look after these 19 year olds because they need to be looked after they need to be advised I mean I don't know what he's earning a week but it's too much whatever he's earning a week for a 19 year old I don't care what anybody says if he's earning 10,000 a week it's still too much because they just don't know what to do with money so I hope that he's been that he's been advised well, along with other players as well. So that's going to be the big concern. Not so much what he can do on the pitch, what what he's going to be like off the pitch. United will need to improve for their game against PSV Eindhoven tomorrow night in the Champions League. Yes, indeed, and and, and there's there's not much improvement that that they can. That, that, well, that we've they been saying make. that all along. And I know, but, still but I wouldn't. Winning. Yes, but yes, but they beat an extremely poor Liverpool team. United can always beat the mediocre teams. It's when they come up against Man City, for argument's sake. I mean, they've won leagues, but Ferguson beat mediocre teams and losing to the Arsenal's and the Liverpools of this world when they were playing reason- when these teams were playing reasonably well. So, I mean, the the, the question is: yes, yes, they'll yes, they'll keep winning against against mediocrity because they're just that little bit better than what what, what Liverpool had to offer last Saturday. Liverpool offered absolutely nothing, and Rodgers is on a very very slippery slope. I happen to believe that he could be on his last legs there at, at Liverpool Football Club. He's bought 17 players in his time there. And you look at some of them and you have to question, who is buying these players? What are they looking for in a player? Does he know how to set up a team? Because quite obviously last Saturday he didn't know how to set up a team to go and, to go and beat United. Instead of going at United. I mean, this isn't the United under Ferguson. This isn't the United of old. This is the United who play everything square and back. And it must be a nightmare for front men uh, playing for United because the delivery is, is not there. You're always taught to play the most progressive ball and it doesn't happen at Man United. Yeah, so if and when Liverpool, uh, just moving on to them, they decide they're going to replace Rodgers, which seems it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Is it, more, is it kind of almost pointless talking about the next manager if that structure, you know, the transfer structure is still there, in a sense? Because no, you not- would need to get, possibly maybe mould that change that give the the manager more power before bringing somebody else in, whether it's Jurgen Klopp or someone. Along I, those lines. I don't think. I don't think that that. that see, when Rogers had Suarez, Suarez was magnificent. Plan A, wonderful. No plan B, no plan C. Now he's continued on in that vein, but no plan B, no plan C. He never even changed anything last Saturday. That's the crazy thing about it. So, does the man not see that there should be changes? If he didn't select the correct team, in, in my opinion, it's only my opinion, in the first instance, how is he going to change it uh, uh, throughout the game when he, when he doesn't even see what's going on? That, to me, is a huge concern uh, with Liverpool. Now, you'll, you'll laugh at this one. Mourinho was the man to be taken into Liverpool Football Club. He was the man that Man United should have gone for. But when he's missed out on that, he's the man. And there could be soundings there of the way Mourinho is at Chelsea at the moment. And as you were saying earlier, Rav, as well, about the, the three-year uh, uh, situation with him that he has to get moving again after three years. But that could that could be the place for him because he will, he would put a structure on no matter what players are there at Liverpool at the moment, he would have a system for these players and have players in their comfort zone. You can't play Firmino wide on the right and, and, and Ings wide on the left and get them, expect them to keep tracking back all. They spent more time running back towards their own goal than they did attacking the United goal. 
Well, that's, that's lunacy of the highest degree. And then, with, with all due respects to Lucas, a holding midfielder, I'm always sceptical. Why do you need a holding midfielder? Can the two central defenders not sort things out? Can your two full backs not sort things out? I mean, if there was a holding midfielder in the era that I played in, I'd be insulted. Because what he's saying is, you can't do your job. So I'm insulted straight away. You're saying to me, uh, uh, boss, that I can't do my job and I, I, and I need Ushin and Rav here in front of me. No, get rid of them. I, I'll, I'll do my job. I'll mark him. I'll mark everybody else. I'll I don't get think everybody else yeah. would make any. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you'd want rid if we were in front of you. Um, <laughs> Manchester City go into the Champions League this week. Their game against Juventus is the standout tie. They've won five from five in the Premier League, but... Yeah. Oh, this They're is a, a little one. bit jittery oh, in yeah. Europe and yeah. they do have injury worries. Aguero yes. and oh. Silva and Sterling all carrying knocks. We don't know if they'll play. Yeah, Silva didn't play on Saturday now uh, against Palace. Um, and and um, Aguero, though, is the man. He's a hu- he, if he's out, he's a huge, huge loss because he will get goals out of, out of anything. But they, they do have this problem in Europe. Um, I hope they resolve it quickly because if they don't resolve it quickly, they'll be going down the path that's gone down before and that's been out of the group stages very, very swiftly. Um, Juventus, Juventus are, are, are a decent team. I think if City were to get a draw there, I think they'd be they'd be absolutely thrilled. Mm. Now they're playing they're playing well, City, yeah. but this is a Premiership, and they they have their nightmares when they when they when they get into Europe, and that's that is a real real concern. I suppose the only good thing for them is that Juventus are in terrible form, like in Italy as well. Obviously, having lost by three or four, they're very very good players as well. Particularly, you know, when you count. Pirlo, who obviously was a bit, oh, yes. maybe a bit over the yeah. hill, but still fantastic. Yeah. Vidal and uh, also Tevez up front, and they've only picked up one point from nine so far. Yeah, they've had, so a, they've had a nightmare starting on the have, Italian so, league. So that should give City a bit of hope. Maybe Which, they just go for the jugular. Yeah, my concern would be, can City do that? That's my concern. Yeah, uh, They're at uh, home. Does that make a big difference in, in starting a campaign sh- in these circumstances? It should make a huge difference. I mean, they should be picking up the three points at home. It's, a, it's as simple as that. And they should just go for the jugular and, 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 and put... Put Juventus under all sorts of pressure right from the very start, not letting them up for air. Yeah, and I suppose the one of the other teams that's involved in Champions League this year, Arsenal as well. Um, watching them, they were really impressive. I think you know across the pitch, apart from their finishing against Stoke, uh, which was I think Theo Walcott exemplified it most yeah. with a number of missed opportunities. I think if you know if they'd have gone out and bought. I'm I'm only throwing out these names. They're not necessarily the answer, but a Karim Benzema type. Oh yeah, Cavani. You know, they, yeah, Cavani would have been be, would have been well out of sight. Oh yeah, I mean Walcott. I was watching there on Saturday, and Walcott missed three or four absolute sitters. I mean, there was a, there was a header that he missed. He must have just closed his eyes to, to head it over the bar. Yeah. Then then there was, he had another shot on goal that was easier to stick in the back of the net than, than stick it over the bar as he did, and 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 that's why that's one of the reasons that that Walcott will never be. The real player that people that people had, had looked for when he was twenty, that all oh, oh, he'll he'll progress, but he hasn't progressed as regards finishing, and he's a striker, so he's got he's got to progress. He made a great run for his goal, and his first touch was just immense, absolutely brilliant. But he only do that once in a blue moon, and that's that's the problem I would have with Walcott. Person- he's got pace to burn. Yeah. Personality, I think, might be an issue as well. He's a nice guy, anyway. I think most people think and I think it was something Sheer, Alan Shearer said as well that he you're just no, seems too no nice use, you're no use if you are yeah as a striker <laughs> on the field of play yeah. you have to be absolutely brutal yeah brutal in, in, in a sense where you, you punish people you hurt people yeah you know it's not a personal thing but you go and you hurt them and he he, he didn't have he, he doesn't have the, the, the finishing uh, power yeah. and strength to go and hurt people and Maybe he's too nice, Rafa. He says, if Alan Shearer said he's too nice, where does I put Alan Shearer? <laughs> OK, Rafa Diallo of Team 33 and off the ball. Paddy Mulligan, formerly of Chelsea, West Brom, Crystal Palace, uh, Shamrock Rovers and Ireland. To name just a few, thanks. Yeah, not at all, pleasure. Cheers. Now, still to come on the Rewind here on News Talk, Colm Cooper and Alan Brogan will talk to us ahead of the All-Ireland final. But first, Cork have equal Dublin's Hall of 26 Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Camogie titles. They beat Galway 113-9 to nine points in Crow Park yesterday. Uh, before we hear from the Rebels' inspirational captain, Ashleen Thompson, on winning and that defiant Instagram message, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll, you'll soon find out. Uh, let's hear from losing Galway manager, Tony Ward. No, no, we didn't get going in our free-flowing free game that we usually get going in, and it just didn't happen. I thought maybe for 10 minutes of the second half that we had it back to a point there that, you know, maybe our time was, was in the game, but it just didn't last long enough for us, and when the goal came, I think it put head to our chances. Ashley, you've captained Cork to an All-Ireland final win. How does that feel? 
Um, it's very tough to put into words, to be honest. Um, it's an absolute dream for me. Puts the icing on the cake, and you know, to come out with the win today on the big stage, it's it's just a dream come true, to be honest. In your speech, you seemed a little bit woozy. You got a bit of a knock towards the end of that game, but it kind of summed up how you play your game. I mean, you showed no fear in throwing your body in, getting a knock, even though at that stage the game was won. It was about a minute to go, and you were up by six. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't... I was looking at the time, all right, but even when there's 30 seconds left, I always think in my head there could be a chance. You know, for Galway, that's the way I play. Um, I'm never comfortable unless we're up like what were we up seven points with 10 seconds left yeah. then I'm comfortable okay. you know it's it's just it's till the final whistle and unless my legs are broken I just have to get up no matter what and yeah I was a bit concussed giving the speech to be fair but um, I think I was just just more shocked than anything yeah. that you know I got to lift that cup um, but yeah it's just so hard to put into words to be honest now at a time where you weren't showing great form you put out an Instagram message that was pretty ballsy. It was pretty confident for a team that weren't uh, that weren't going so well. The the O'Duffy Cup one. Yeah, I did. Um, I said O'Duffy staying put. I'll fight you for a fiver. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I think that was the win we actually had against Tipperary. Yeah. Um, that was in the round robin stage. Yeah, I just knew like that performance really kind of showed us what we can do. We were down seven points or eight kind of early in the game, but we came back and destroyed them. And kind of that really proved to us after the Wexford game, we had a very poor game against Wexford in the championship. And we had to just try and resolve it, you know, get around it some way. And I think just the performance we had against Tip was outstanding. And kind of that that's why the Instagram post went out, is just to let everyone else in the country know that, you know, we're going to fight for this and you may doubt us, but I'm telling you, this cup is staying put. And that was really refreshing for fans because we're so used to teams saying nothing, but you weren't afraid to be confident and be yourself and, and stand out as an individual. How important is that to you? It's very important. I mean, I don't give, obviously, secrets away, but I think it's important to express yourself, you know, express how you're feeling and, you know, you're passionate and... That's just the way I am. I'm very passionate. I'm very emotional. You know, I love having feelings and, you know what I mean? It's just, but Camogie in general just means everything to me. You know, yeah. it's it's a massive part of my life. And to come out and win today and, and to have that victory, um, it just, it puts everything into perspective. You know, that's why I'm not afraid to show my emotions. I'm not afraid to say what I want to say. And that's really, really, really refreshing. A real battle today, and the scoreline doesn't suggest it, but it actually was pretty tight. Kind of reminded me of your Munster final against Tip. Was that the day that, that you kind of t- said to yourselves, "Okay, you know what? There's, there's nothing wrong with the battling qualities of this team." No, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think again, it, we still had a poor game against um, Galway. You know, in the first round of the championship, we had a poor game, as I said, against Wexford and. You know, comparing the Munster final, that was so early as well in the year, and we were missing Breed and Rena that day due to football game, and Julia White was actually away as well, so we couldn't base it off that. Yeah. But you know, we were down eight or nine, I think, at half time in that game as well, and came back and won by a point. Yeah. But it, that's exactly it. It just shows what we can do when we put our minds to it. This is the Rewind on News Talk. That was Cork captain Ashleen Thompson following their win over Galway in the Liberty Insurance Camogie final. Congratulations also, by the way, to Waterford, who won the intermediate crown for the first time, and Leash, who beat Roscommon in the junior decider. Those two games played in fairly horrible conditions. It actually brightened up a bit for the uh, Cork and Galway game. Still to come, Gooch and Alan Brogan. But first, Limerick. They beat Wexford 26 points to 1-7 in the Gosh Energy Under-21 hurling final in Thurless on Saturday night. It was the first title at that grade for them since 2002. Wexford's wait since 1965 continues. Uh, we'll hear from Limerick's Kean Lynch and manager John Kiley soon. But first, in what is now a rarity, we got inside the dressing room for the celebrations. Okay, while you're waiting there, not just a win but a thoroughly convincing one in an All-Ireland final. Look, we're absolutely delighted. Start of the year, this would have been a massive boost for them for Do you know, we, like, we took every match that came to Prairie, Clare, the Nanty Galloway, there today now, Wexford, we knew we were going to be up against it. We saw it there in the first half, their team there, like Conor McDonald's, they, they were all over us, you know, they were there, kept with us, kept with us. Towards the end, we pulled away, but it's, the scoreboard wasn't a true reflection, you know, they're a great team, and look, they're, 
after a back of three Leinster titles in a row, they'll be back again next year, bigger and stronger again. You had a hard run through this under-21 championship. And you had a hard run for the last couple of years, some of you coming close to minor titles, not quite winning them. Did that all kind of count tonight? Because you looked like a team who weren't going to be beaten, and I appreciate that sporting cliche, but you were so determined. You won every breaking ball, you won all the physical battles. Well, look where Limerick is starved of All-Ireland. Like. This is the early 2000s, Limerick has won in All-Ireland, you know. Young players like ourselves are crying out. They've seen the young players around here. Limerick wants to be winning, you know. We saw the support when we were up there for Limerick Hurling. Imagine if we won a scene in Ireland, you know. Just to see the young players smiles and people smiles in the face. It's what we all play for, and thank God we come out on top of that. What about your game tonight? Three points, but it was more about your creation tonight. I don't know about that now. I just kind of got lucky little breaks, and thank God I was able to lay them off and a few balls over the bar, but... At the end of the day, it's all about the work rate of the other players to get likes me into the position to put the ball over the bar. But look, it's a team performance, and thank God we come out on top. How important is it that this group of players and this generation of Limerick players have delivered an All-Ireland? They've delivered on promise. Well, look, we've been there, thereabouts the last few years with the minors. Like, you know, we've been knocking on the door. First year, we lost the semi-final to Galway, and then we lost to Kilkenny last year, and we lost the player in 21. But look, it's about progress and improving every time you play and look there's no point sitting back on our laurels again now after winning this we have to drive on again next year whether it's seeing our 21s or whatever it is minor again we need to keep driving on and get Limerick up there with top teams is that the difference maybe between this generation and the one that did the three in a row I don't know I don't think there's any difference it's all about the mental mental kind of aspect of it if we keep driving ourselves on and keep working twice as hard that's it JJ Doyle Wexford manager Limerick were immense tonight even if you had performed, it would have been hard to beat them. It's a frustrating thing that you didn't perform. Absolutely. Um, like fair play to Limerick. I mean, like everything, as you say, everything their, their chairman was in, they just said like everything went their way, but we didn't help ourselves. I mean, we never, we never came out of the dressing room at the start of the game. We, everything we talked about doing, we did the complete opposite. We never got up in, into the game. We never got on a breaking ball. We never, we just didn't do anything. We just didn't. There was no sort, no performance by any player out there tonight. Is that because it's been so long since you got a good competitive game? It, it was talked about on the run into this All Ireland final that their run to the final was a lot harder than years. Listen, it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on what it is. Um, it certainly it doesn't look like it helped when you look at it out there tonight. Um, I don't know to be honest with you. I mean, to try and sum, sum it up and to try and analyse it at this juncture is, is nearly impossible. But. All I do know, that's a very good Limerick team and had we played to our best, we probably would have pushed them, but we came nowhere near our best out there tonight. You did try things. In the second half, I noticed that Oliver's puckouts didn't go as long because in the first half, Limerick were winning everything. You dropped a man back, then you went 15 on 15. Nothing really worked. No, and, and we spoke about their puckouts. They didn't win too many of them clean catches. We spoke about breaking the ball from our puckouts and for guys to get on the break and we never even looked like getting on one breaking ball and it was I don't know what it was guys just didn't perform and listen we all have to take our share of the blame or, and blaming people is not going to do any good here tonight um, we just we just didn't you know it's devastating to be honest with you we just never got going probably hard to say at this juncture but how do you make sure this doesn't kind of damage guys long term because it's been a tough couple of years for Wexford although you do have three Leinster titles in a row so there's a bit of silver word there there is silver lining yeah, it's very hard to see any silver lining after that there tonight. But like these guys, you know, they have won three. Some of them have won three Leinster titles. Um, listen, it's a matter now of going out and showing that they're not the player that, that we've seen at that field there tonight. And that's down to each. We've spoken about it in the dressing room. That's down to each individual now to go out and make sure that, that that doesn't define their career. How do you help them go about doing that? Um... I don't know at this point in time to be honest with you I mean just support them as I say like we're we, we always said we win together we lose together as well it's you know it's not a matter of, of blaming each other or anything like that it's, it's a matter of sticking together now you know it's easy to stick together when you win things it's it's very much important now to stick together and listen they'll go home to their families and I'm sure they're devastated as well but they'll support them and you know they'll get back out in the field in the next week or two with their clubs and it's a matter of you know, going and, and just hurling and, and trying to, you know, it's a great thing about sport, there's always the next game for guys and that's the best way they'll have of, of putting that out of their minds. Was there a difference physically between the teams tonight and is that something that Wexford as a county needs to look at? I don't think there was any great difference in physicality, it's, it's all how badly you want it and, and our guys didn't seem like they wanted it badly enough out there tonight. JJ, I appreciate it. It's tough to talk after a loss, so thanks for doing so. All-Ireland winners, congratulations. Not just, a, not just a good win, but a convincing display. Great performance. Delighted for the lads. They played exceptionally well. You know, 
breaking ball, ball in the air, or shooting, tackling, everything was right tonight. Everything we had concentrated on the lead up to the matches, you know, came good. And it seems that lessons have been learned from the past and they'll apply those lessons. Yeah, listen, you know, we, we've, we've left a few after us and uh, I suppose, you know, it's hard at times. You know, when the county hasn't won for a number of years, it's, it's easy for people to, you know, maybe get, you know, focused on the wrong things. But listen, these guys were very focused the last few weeks and that's why we got the performance tonight. John, go celebrate. Thank you very much. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was the reaction in the Limerick dressing room after their win over Wexford in the Board Gosh Energy under 21 hurling final. I was in there for a few minutes after the game. Absolutely marvellous scenes. Uh, in the B final, Wicklow continued or started their renaissance depending on what way you look at it, beating Meath 217 to 215. There are some great hurling people in Wicklow. Maybe there isn't enough of them and that's why they're not uh, competing at the top level of hurling. But could the win on Saturday spark something. Their manager is Jonathan O'Neill. He has soldiered for many years with Wicklow. Their captain is Gavin Weir. We'll hear from O'Neill very shortly but first, here's an emotional Weir immediately after the game. Uh, he was running down the tunnel still with the cup in his hands and he could hardly contain himself. It's unbelievable. Not every day you win all Ireland from Wicklow. It's unbelievable. Just can't wait to get out tonight and celebrate. And it was a pretty dramatic finish as well. Meath came back and he got to within two points had a goal chance as well. I was shaking there and the line didn't know what to do. No, still not. Still hasn't sunk in. That's unbelievable. Tell me about the road to get her because you beat some good teams along the way, including Kildare and Roscommon, who were very much fancied. Yeah, as each game came, we just kept growing and growing as a team. And the longer we went on, the more of a team we came. And it's just unbelievable. Everything clicked on today. And can't even explain the feeling. Now. What does this mean to Wicklow Hurling? Ah, oh, unbelievable. You've even seen out there, young lads all over the fence there trying to get autographs like I'm only a Wicklow hurler it's unbelievable you're not so, only a Wicklow hurler mate you're an All-Ireland champion oh. so you need to drive on from here don't you yeah that's it Chris doing next year Jonathan O'Neill you soldiered for many a day with, with Wicklow yourself so tell me what this means to you ah oh, it's an unbelievable feeling it's great to win um, as I told other reporters there like uh, I trained with 11 of these lads earlier in the year with the senior team and I knew what they were like and I knew a few of my own club men and another lads from Carnew and Bray, Wicklow. So I knew what was around here. Like, uh, So I knew this bunch of lads had it in them to win an All-Ireland. They hurled with passion and pride. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but they really had to fight till the end. How did you get that fight into these lads? Because a county like Wicklow haven't won a whole pile, wouldn't have a great record. So you had to get belief into them to do that. Well, believe it or not, these lads kind of there was six or seven of them on last year's team and they felt hard done by by Kildare last year they lost by a point or two and all they kept saying this year was they wanted revenge on Kildare and we got Kildare in the first round and we we again it was a nip and took game and we just nipped it we barely got through and they were so happy and they were passionate about it and, they, and we kept saying from here on in lads it's all Ireland all Ireland and that's all these bunch of lads wanted like you know they're they're a passionate bunch of lads Will this help change the mindset about the Wicklow hurlers? Is, 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 is that necessary to change the culture? Hopefully it does. Like we're, we're in transition again now at the moment. Our manager, Casey O'Brien, has stepped down and we have a few lads' names forward for the, for the new manager's job. And we were kind of saying if we could keep this bunch of lads together to go with a few of the 26, 27, 30-year-olds that are on the senior panel at the moment and push on, hopefully then. There's lots of young lads out there... That was watching the match today, uh, probably even sitting at home and watching it on the telly from Wicklow and kind of hopefully they think of concentrating on hurling. You're going to stay stay with Wicklow, no doubt, and help that uh, process come along. Uh, no, I've retired no? <laughs> from hurling. Yes. What about managing? Because this is, I mean, this is a great achievement. This can't be underestimated as an achievement. It probably is, but I just don't think I'd be ready for a senior team just yet. <laughs> well, I, sorry, I don't mean the senior team. What I mean is bringing players through, because that's the important thing for Wicklow, oh, really, isn't it? Not oh, so much the senior oh, manager. No, definitely. I'm, I, hopefully I'll be here again next year with the under-21s, definitely. This is the Rewind on News Talk, and that's Jonathan O'Neill, Wicklow hurling manager on their Board Gosh Energy All-Ireland Under-21B final win against Meath on Saturday. Now, before the match on Saturday, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lee Chin, of Wexford, Declan Hannan of Limerick and Jerk Cunningham, the current uh, Dublin boss. Uh, among the topics we discussed on Off the Ball was the structure of the Under-21 Championship and how players deal with defeat and disappointments. This is because Owen Conroy, the, the Wexford captain, spoke before Saturday's match about last year's final. They were beaten by Clare. He was marking Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly was named man of the match and Conroy said that was very, very hard to deal with. He also 
said that he hasn't watched that game back and he won't. But was that a good thing or a bad thing? We'll get to that in a moment. But first, Declan Haddon talks about bad games he's had and how he's got over them. Yeah, I suppose well, for me, the main one was the All-Ireland semi-final against Clare a few years ago. Uh, it was just one of those days when nothing went right for me anyway. But you know, it, did take, it did take a while to get over. It took the bones of three or four months, I think, even before he went back playing properly. And you know, I, like, I nearly felt embarrassed going up and playing with the club a week or two after it. You know, you just felt so down. Like, um, But look, you have to get on with it. If you keep thinking about all the bad days, you know, you're, you're not going to strive for the good days. So, um, look, we got back on the bandwagon and we kept going. We got back to the All-Ireland semi-final last year. This year didn't go too well for us, but you know, there's peaks and troughs like every year with every county team. But like, you know, take the highs when the lows come as well, and just just keep going. How do you get over the disappointments as an individual when when the team doesn't function overly well? Um, this year, obviously, you didn't follow up last year the way you wanted to. Went out beaten by a very good coached, uh, very well coached Dublin team. Yeah, it's very disappointing. You know, like we have high aspirations every year. We go out with like. I think every team, every team in the country now wants to win in All Ireland, and, and, and that's where you're basing your success on, you know. Um, yeah, this this year was very disappointing from, from our own perspective. Um, it just never got going. We struggled through the league as well. We struggled through the championship, even though we beat Clare. Um, like training was going very well. Everything was going good, but we weren't bringing the training onto the field, you know. But as I said, next year is another year, and we're going to have to try and tap the Kenny, who are just the pinnacle for the last ten years. It's a frightening thought, isn't it? Sure. Um, how do you help guys get over disappointments like the one that Owen Conroy was talking about, like the ones that Declan and Lee have talked about? I think, I think the word for me there, Oshin, is to, you know, uh, that, that from most point of view is you must learn from your mistakes. You know what I mean? And you know, people. Do you do that by watching them back, or do you do that by listening to coaches? I think it's a very personal thing. Uh, I, I think from from Owen's point of view, he probably would have been better off at some stage days, weeks, months later to look back on the match and, and take it on board again and go back and look and learn from it because obviously he's got a picture in his head of what happened on the night but you know if we, if he went back and watched the match there would have been stuff there maybe that you know might have been his fault or you know things might have happened that he might you know that maybe Tony Kelly was at the end of a of a, of a pass at the end of it and he got the score so I think he could be very very harsh on himself so I think I would encourage guys to you know to learn to look back you know, you know to, to go back and learn from it see what see what happened was there a reason for it why did they overthink the match? Had they had, had as much energy as they normally would have? Take it back and compare to the you know the, the days that they played well. So always encourage people. I think the big word for me there is learning, is that how you can learn from that and bring it forward to the next game. Gentlemen, time is beating us, so I want to talk about the championship structure. I mean, we're expecting a great game tonight. We've seen some great games in Leinster and in Munster so far this year, but semi-finals sometimes are undermined by the fact that Antrim get out of Ulster and you know fair play they win it but it's not a strong province they get to the semi-final and sometimes they only show up with 17, 18 lads now it worked out once a couple of years ago but I think that was the first time since the 60s they'd actually got to the final um, and, 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 it's, and it's a pity because it undermines the team they're playing against as well so Jerry, you've been talking about maybe changing the structure a bit to, to help the likes of Antrim but maybe more so Galway as well who, who came in at the semi-final stage and it's, it's affecting them more as the years go on Yeah I, I think so Sheen and I'd be interested to hear what the lads say on this you know I, I was listening during the week to the, you know, the Galway minor man of Jeffrey Linsky who said potentially the way the system is set up at the moment that potentially Galway could if they had a bad three years that they could have guys only playing three championship matches on a 21 level so you know I would be far in a situation like, and I've discussed this with Borgash Energy as the sponsors, and we've, we've, we've mentioned it from the point of view of trying to improve the game and trying to improve the competition. It has always been a knockout competition, but that's not to say that it's right. And I think looking at since 1964 up to last year, Ulster have played, played in one final, and, uh, and that, was, that was Antrim in 2013, if I'm correct. Um, so, you know, the suggestion I came up with was, was that, at, you know, at, it's two extra games uh, that you bring. Ulster and Galway in at the quarter-final stage instead of the semi-final and the two beaten provincial finals come back into play either or. And then I think at that stage then you would have the four best teams in the country to come through to the competition. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the other thing that was, I suppose that we need to probably look at maybe is the timings of it. You know, that, you know, the Munster Championship this year started on the 27th of June uh, and it took nine weeks to complete four matches. So I think at that stage, I think that's a bit long. I'd like to see it a bit condensed a bit more, so that the competition gets a bit of you know it gets a bit of momentum as as a, a bit of tracking as we go along. So at the end of it, you know I suppose it's nice to look back and it. it's been there since 1964. And again, we're here, we were here tonight, looking forward to a great final. But I think there's nothing wrong to debate and discuss it and throw up the idea, you know, like the miners that you bring in uh, bring in Ulster and Galway into the quarter final instead of the semi final. Declan, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think the structure is very. It makes for a very exciting championship. You know, it's, it's straight knockout is. 
you know, you lose one game, you're out. Goodbye, your, your season's over. Um, I don't know, maybe Antrim and Galway could go into the Leinster Championship similar to the senior yeah. structure. I, I don't know. No, I've been rejected. They tried. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that. It's a good idea. You're right. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah that's, that's the one thing. But I was it needs to change anyway. Yeah, like you mean, I, it was at the Antrim manager said before the Western game that this is over before it even starts. Yeah. Like, you know, and he was saying that how good the Waterford team were and they were knocked out already and maybe they would be uh, have a better chance than Antrim in playing Western in the semi-final but I don't know it's a tricky one Like I, I love the Under-21 Championship watching all the games where they're so competitive and you know everybody's dying to win the game because you know if you lose you're gone and that's the end of your, your year Like you might only have one game I played five years Under-21 we won, we won two games yeah. in those five years you know so something has to change maybe yeah yeah, I definitely think so. I definitely think it's 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 uh, like Declan said. The games are so exciting to watch. You know what I mean? I think everybody puts everything out on the field on them nights because they know it's their only opportunity to get better gone. Do you know what I mean? And for someone like the likes of in in Galway or in 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 Ulster with, with Antrim when they're coming through, you know what I mean? It's not really a great memory for the lads that are there for the three years under twenty one and and say they're getting beaten all in semi finals and they can look back and say they've only had three experiences playing under twenty one with their county in championship. So I think definitely something has to change. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Declan Hannan of Limerick, Ger Cunningham, the Dublin manager and Lee Chin of Wexford on the under-21 championship structure and dealing with defeat. Uh, the Borgosh Energy All-Ireland under-21 title won by Limerick on Saturday night and Wicklow won the B-final. Next Sunday sees Kerry and Dublin collide in the All-Ireland Senior Football Final. The Kingdom looking for title number 38, the Dubs looking for title number 25. Ahead of the game, I've been speaking with Alan Brogan, but first it is to Kerry and Colm Cooper. I started by asking him if his approach to this final has changed, given he missed the entirety of last season through injury and struggled at times at the start of this season? I don't think it's changed my approach, Oshie. I think um, maybe I have a greater appreciation for it, you know. Um, when, you, when you're out for 12 months like that with a serious injury, you never you never quite know you're going to get back. Are you ever going to see all on a final day again um, as a player? So, look, I, I'm delighted to be back. It's, it's I suppose it's... Um, it's fantastic to be back. When, when, once you're there, you want to win and you want to perform, and that's 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 the stage I'm at now. And um, I'm certainly have a, probably a greater appreciation for it now, knowing that you might you might get back here in a number of years again, or might never get back here. So you want to make a count. We'll talk about the, the journey before we get to the destination. But um, at what point was was it the toughest? And some people might think it was when you got the injury at first but was it when you were trying to come back and things weren't quite happening and maybe you were struggling for match fitness even though you'd been training for a couple of months etc yeah I suppose parts of the rehab were very difficult and at stages you're, 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 I, remember, I remember times where my knee wasn't bending properly and I wasn't, should, it should have been probably progressed further than it had been but I suppose my injury was a little bit more complex from the point of view I broke my knee as well so being the stubborn person I am, I was, I was looking for big, 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 um, big results straight away, and that doesn't happen with an injury like this, you know. And even in the the early parts of the summer this year, I just felt I was struggling. I, I was fighting it too much, you know, and my form wasn't quite there. But kind of in the June, July, my form really started picking up, and whatever clicked, um, it comes right. So it's just perseverance and and working and working and working, and uh, you get there at the end of the day. Your leg is essentially different to what it was now because of the injury. So have you had to change your run? Have you had to change anything about that? Is that what you kind of had to work with? Because at first first maybe you were trying to do what you you used to always do, but your body had changed and you had to change with it. Yeah, well, I suppose all my career I've I've worked off um, being natural and instinctive, you know, so I didn't want to change too much about that. But um, I haven't tried to change my run run stride too much. In fairness, I've done some work with Keane O'Neill and the Kerry medical team and probably more so in the early stages in terms of getting my posture and things right um, and balance and, 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 and things like that but I think sometimes if you can if you over focus on, on what you're doing you, it just takes from you so um, it's taken a while but now I'm back to not running as natural as possible and not even thinking about it but the early stages you are a bit conscious and am I, am I doing it right am I landing right and things like that so uh, thankfully with the expertise we have with Keane and the medical team um, they've, made it, they've made it work really really well say after the tip game in the first game against Cork were there times after those games where you thought I mightn't get back to where I was yeah there was and frustrations and you're going home scratching your head saying I should be better than this or am I am I going in the right direction at all or do I need a complete complete review and um, having chat chat with chat with the management chat with the, the guys and even the players 
they're just kind of they were stick stick at it stick at it and even I've had times in my career in a couple of years where my form hasn't been great at that time of the year and I was trying to think back what did I keep doing or what 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 changed at that time and it was just keep doing the right things and eventually it'll click and it did this year um, I suppose I was lucky I got a break against Kildare because Kieran got injured and I, I took my chance and, and thankfully I've, I haven't looked back and I, fi- I feel my graph is going the right direction and, um, I'm in a good position going into Northern Ireland final That was kind of the ideal game for a forward wasn't it lots of time lots of space lots of ball in Crow Park in Crow Park yeah it just came at the right time um, and it was a day we performed really really well I know Kildare were probably tired from on the back of the Cork win and play, they played three weeks in a row but um, that's like when all is said and done when I was thinking about getting back playing you were thinking of Crow Park always and that was that was my that was my big game to be back performing in Crow Park and um, that day that day things just happened a bit easier for Kerry and then we had a real tough encounter with Tyrone so they're perfect games preparing for an Ireland final you, you, you've been you've been tried and tested and there was a few hard bangs in the Tyrone game as well which is great for the mind to know that you came through that unscathed so it's 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 just putting yourself in a good place in the, coming into the final I suppose you're so long in a Kerry jersey there are very few things that are new but beating Tyrone in Crow Park is one of them was that, was that a demon exercise was that important for you did it give you a bit more confidence than a normal semi-final win or was it just another semi-final win and the talk of Tyrone was, was something that didn't concern you as players because for a lot of these guys yeah. they wouldn't have had the beef that, that yeah. guys who you played with before would have had yeah, I suppose there was very little history history in our dressing room, as as in Tyrone's. I think that yeah. that was kind of gone by that stage, and pe- maybe people were building it up more than it was. It was never a big big deal for us, I suppose, from the point of view of Tyrone. It was a big game, it was an Ireland yeah. semi-final, um, and it was a means to where we wanted to get to. So whether it was Tyrone or somebody else, yeah. uh, it was an important game. But I suppose the fact that it was really tight, tense, fair and tough conditions, greasy ball... Um, that was a real test a test of the team and a test for myself coming back in because that was a really tough encounter and a tough environment to play and um, when you can come through that um, with scope for improvement certainly um, you're in a good place Can you shed light on where you feel you need to improve? Uh, we need, I think we need to improve in a couple of areas I think um, like we could, we could, we considered a few soft scores to Tyrone. I felt um, particularly in the second half, which left them back into the game in 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 in, in Crow Park, you know. And if we do that against the Dubs, I think we we will be in serious trouble. Um, and I think we just need to be a bit more clinical up front as well. I suppose we got no goal against Tyrone in the semi-final. Um, usually we've created like when you consider we scored seven to, the game before that, yeah. which which probably isn't. But you're looking to create a couple every day, so we didn't really do we do well in that score. So um, just if we if we tighten up the back and keep, it's hard to keep the Dubs. You know, every day they go out, they seem to score 20 points. Let's say on average, um, you need to keep them below. If we, if we can get them down closer to that 15 point mark and then have, hit a good day ourselves, then we're in, we're in with a shout. You know, but um, they have a lot of. They have a lot of uh, brilliant players all over the field with individual brilliance, and they're very strong as a unit. So we'll need, it'll be the ultimate, it'll be the acid test, and we know we'll have to be, play, play the best game we did this year. Because of 2011, is there a beef with Dublin? There's no big beef in Dublin. Whoever's standing in your way in Ireland, the finest beef enough for, for whatever it is. You know, we we like we played great games against Dublin the last few years, but we came out the wrong side. So great game means nothing to us. It's about winning, um, and be, whether it's Dublin or not. Um, I suppose they have. They can, people say they kind of have an Indian sign over us at the moment, um, and they know how to beat Kerry, and um, that's fair. That's fair enough to say they've done it the last two times. But um, we just really feel that our graph is going the right direction, and um, that there's a big game in us. Given the talk about stuff that happened off the ball and decisions that were and weren't made, do you have it in your head as players now that, that maybe in this All Ireland final, because of all the talk, refs will be watching that bit more? There'll be that much more concentration. On I suppose the physical side. Ah, there is, but just, just, just I feel there's a focus on it all the time, you know, yeah. and it, it certainly won't take from our performance. We we need to be physical. We need to be aggressive in all the matches, um, and just play the football that we play always. I think, like in fairness, I think we 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 play we play it well. I think our disciplinary record has been quite good if, if you look at it over the last two years. So. Um, we need to be we need to be tough and aggressive, and that's I expect the exact same for Dublin. It's not Ireland semi final or not Ireland final. You you won't get anything handy, um, and it's going to be I'm sure that it'll be f- fairly physical throughout the game. Have the training matches amongst yourselves been tough and physical because the competition in your team for places unreal. 
Yeah, well, it's, it is. Um, training training uh, has gone up a notch, I suppose, any time people can see the Arana final in the horizon, yeah. uh, performance goes up. And uh, look, we're preparing well. I suppose a lot of these players played in the Arana final last year and won, so it's, it's, they, know, they know what's coming down the tracks. Um, and training has gone up a notch. And look, players are, players are fighting for positions right now. I'm sure if you ask Damon, he doesn't know his team and the management. Um, and there's there's a lot to play for at the moment, and uh, who knows what it's going to be in two weeks? Because Eamon's a different, difficult guy to read. It should be a great and intriguing battle, tactics-wise. Are you the kind of guy who likes to know early what you're trying to do, or is it a case that even if it's an hour before the game, Eamon says, "Actually, Colm, I know I gave out this team, but I'm actually starting you," or whatever. Yeah. When do you uh, like to know? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me. You know, I think that's the beauty of our team that. I suppose we, we feel we have very comfortable players in terms of adaptability and we can they can play in a number of scenarios and a number of different ways and um, that's a strength I feel of ours. So it doesn't really matter. Um, we'll be told, we'll be given our game plan, we go out and try and execute it and um, if we continue to go, and go the way we're doing this year, I'm, I'm convinced there's a big performance in this team. Are you left kind of guessing yourself? Because we saw, for example, last year, the position yeah. James played. Great game, yeah. didn't score, but it didn't matter because yeah. he had a great game. Yeah, of course. I, like Eamon, Eamon has shown over the last number of years that he's he's made big decisions in big games, and um, majority of the time they've worked out really, really well. You know, so I'm sure that he's something up his sleeve again. Whether it's um, changing his team around or changing, changing personnel or positions around, we don't even know right now because we're trying different things in training a lot. You know, so um, it's 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 good to keep team keep play, keep players. Um, guessing and keep other opposing teams guessing and the dubs do that as well and a lot of teams do it it's common practice down the GA um, but come come the 20th we'll know exactly what our game plan is and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be looking to perform on the day Football has changed an awful lot in the last couple of years for you individually how much have you changed as a footballer what, what's the biggest change that you've had to make? Um, I just learn learning how to adapt I suppose and learning come back from injury that maybe things don't come as easy as they once did uh, 32 now as well so I like sometimes I still think I'm 24 or 5, you know, and you're not, and you've gone, you've come through things, and you've to work a little bit harder, from a fitness point of view, from a rehab point of view, from resting up in between training sessions, um, to get the maximum out of your body, and that's probably been a big learning curve for me over the last 16 or 18 months, um, and just the appreciation is there of the game that when you're playing and being involved in it, because every every team would love to be heading into an Ireland final, um, and now to be part of it, you really want to make it count because you don't know when you're going to be there again. How do you like tracking back and being inside your own 45, which corner yeah. forwards and half yeah. forwards have to do now? Yeah, you have to do it, and, you, and above all, you have to do it in Croke Park, you know, because with the size of the pitch, people, people, you get carried all over the place. And again, that just comes back to the, that adaptability word that I think our players are very comfortable in, in, in those scenarios. And um, whatever the job is, no, be, uh, whether it's a big job or a small job, you have to do it for, do it for the sake of the team. And... Um, Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, that's the most important thing. We, we do it to make sure that our team wins. A few young lads in the squad with you. What's your advice to them coming up to the All-Ireland? Of course, many of them would have been involved last year. but Yeah, I suppose enjoy it is the most important thing. I suppose um, it's a fantastic event. It's, it's probably one of the biggest days in Irish sport, the All-Ireland football final. Um, so enjoy the build-up. Don't get, don't get too tense or too nervous about it. Enjoy the build-up and make sure that you're in good physical shape for it. Um, and just taking your stride and... Um, embrace every bit of it because it's a fantastic day and to be part of it is an amazing feeling How do you avoid burning up mental energy because you, you could eat yourself alive thinking about this I guess couldn't you Yeah you just try and hibernate a little bit if you can and, and, and uh, I go for walks and things in Killarney there's plenty of places to walk in, in a national park and things so that like, it's a good release for me um, and just, just staying amongst your own circle of friends you know uh, I never talk too much about the match coming up to the match to the game with them they wouldn't ask too much either and uh, it's just talking about the other things that are going on and um, because you can you can you can fry your brain a little bit about racking it up and what happens if this happens and that happens um, it's just just relaxing in your own environment and uh, staying away from it really Will we see Colm Gooch Cooper the manager in a couple of years? <laughs> I'm not so sure. I don't necessarily mean of Kerry I mean just would yeah. you like to get into management? Um, I'm not so sure Oshin I'm, I'm very happy playing at the moment I suppose the fact that I missed last year 
it feels like I've missed out on something. So I'm really enjoying being on the field now. For how long that continues, I don't know. Um, but in terms of being the management side of it, I'm not, I, I, I haven't given it any thought, really, to be honest, because I've been fo- so focused on getting back in the team. Um, I've done a bit of coaching with kids and things like that, but, but in terms of management later on, uh, who knows? You can never kind of rule it out, but um, for now it's certainly about playing, and I'm just thinking about it now, to be honest. When you were injured, did you look at games with a manager's eye or with a, with a player's eye? Probably with a bit of both. Um, I suppose when you're sitting in the stand, you have a better viewpoint, and I, I suppose you, when you're watching the management on the sideline, you could take in a little bit more on how they operate and what they, what they do and um, how hyper or how cool they can be at different at different stages. So um, yeah, you you do you do a bit of both. And you take it in, and uh, like every every day I go out, I'm looking to learn, and I think the day you think you you can't learn anymore is the day you're in trouble. So um, from that point of view, just continue to learn on both. And what's the one big thing, or maybe there was a couple of things that Colm the manager told Colm the player when you went back playing? Um, to be patient was probably the most important thing. Um, when I remember going back thinking that, OK, my knee is fine now, I get back to the same way I was playing before. It doesn't happen like that, you know, and um, I've left training sessions very frustrated some nights, um, taken off in the car saying, what's this all about? Am, am I mad? Am I ever going to get back to levels? And that, and that word patience and working and um, uh, showing a bit of resilience and continuing to go back and back and back and keep working on the things that's that's probably been the hardest thing and uh, you learn an awful lot from that Colin, best of luck in the final pleasure talking to you I'm Alan Brogan from St Oliver Plunkett's own row Alan you're quite an experienced man at this stage how has your approach changed or has it changed ahead of big games especially All-Ireland finals yeah I don't think it changes too much you just take each game as it comes I think I suppose we're in a privileged position now. We're 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 going into our third All Ireland final in five years. Um, it was the first ten years of my career. We never we never even managed to reach an All Ireland final. So Sunday something a day we're really looking forward to. Um, I'm sure Kerry are the same, and I think it's going to be a very keenly contested All Ireland final. And it's hard to know what will make the difference in the end. Maybe two sets of very good forwards, whichever catches fire on the day, might just might just swing it their way. How do you make it? catch for I suppose if you could put your finger on that maybe you'd be the best manager in the world but what are the things that you like to do individually to make sure you're all set for game day yeah I suppose each player knows what's expected in front of the management and it's important just to buy into that process I don't think it's like it's not a day for for going out dreaming about dreaming about kicking five or six points and things just as they do the simple things really well and and hopefully the sum of the parts then might push the team over the line but um Look, it's a highly pressurised situation going into an All-Ireland final, a highly pressurised game, so it's just important guys do the simple things well and, and hopefully that's enough for the for the team to win in the day. Has your role changed in this Dublin football team over the year as you've over the years as you've got some would say older, I'd say more experienced? Yeah, I reckon my role probably has changed. Obviously for the first twelve or thirteen years of my career I was a I was a starter on the team. I've you now in the last five or six games had to get used to being a sub but Look, I suppose this team is in, in such a strong position at the moment. I'm just happy to contribute in any way I can. And, and I was coming towards the, if you want to call it, the twilight of my career. Um, I'm in a very, very privileged position to still be able to go out there on, on, on our Ireland semi-final day or our Ireland final day, hopefully, and, and, and make a contribution. Has your year so far, and the fact that Dublin have reached the final, has that vindicated your decision to come back? Because it was well known that you took some time out to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Reaching an All Ireland final probably has been the key decision. I think that was always the that was always the dream at the start of the year was to get back and get back and play in an All Ireland final. And I suppose coming back at the end of March was uh, an All Ireland final was a long way away. But I think the team has put in a huge amount of work. And um, even from last year, we've kind of evolved some of the stuff we've been doing. Worked very hard at certain things and and and. I think our performance, um, particularly in the second half against Mayo last week, did uh, showed signs of the hard work that we that we done throughout the year. You've got strong Kerry connections. They have been much talked about. How is the balance in your household now these days when Dublin play Kerry in the championship? Yeah, strong Kerry connections. My mother being from the Stolen County Kerry, obviously we spent a lot of summers down there as kids. Um, I think at this stage she's probably sitting on the Dublin side of the fence. Uh, maybe when myself and Bernard finish up playing, she might go back to the Green and Gold side. But I think for, I think for Sunday she'd be firmly sitting on the Dublin, the Dublin side. And where does she say? you got your good footballing skills from even though your dad's an All-Ireland winner with Dublin yeah uh, I suppose it's a contentious issue where we got the football skills and certainly certainly our relations down in Kerry try and claim them but look maybe it's a mixture of both that's what uh, that's the line we like to use usually 
And just before I let you go, talk to me about the challenge of Kerry. Obviously, the two games against Mayo were very good to have. The intensity was ratcheted up in the first game. He ended badly, but second game, he looked like a team who could go 70-plus. Yeah, I think Kerry have looked strong in all their games to date. Um, I think you just have to look at the calibre of players they have. They've, they've, they have a great mix of youth and experience. Um, they're obviously All-Ireland champions, so doing the back-to-back All-Ireland will be a huge... Um, a huge motivating goal for them um, as well as there's, there's, there's guys there with five or six other island medals we have guys in our group with, with one or two other island medals so I suppose in a day it's going to come down to who wants to add to their um, hall of island medals and look hopefully we can come out on top but it's going to be a huge a huge huge challenge for us um, Kerry obviously being a very strong team but hopefully on the day we might just might just be able to sneak it Finally discipline would be very important is it something you've talked to maybe all of the squad about and is it something that in the first game against Mayo it was a bit lax a lot of frees given away and then moved into better positions but in the second game it was a bit better has it improved because up until that point you didn't really get a game of intensity in the championship and that was a negative side effect of it yeah I think coming into the Mayo game was probably a bit of apprehension um, from our side maybe on the Mayo side as well and that might have spilled over into the game a little bit probably we hadn't played a game at that intensity since since Donegal 12 months before um, and yeah look anytime you concede I think we conceded 1-9 from place balls and when you're playing against a team with a with, with a free taker the calibre of Killian O'Connor you're certainly going to come under pressure when you're conceding that amount of frees I think we still conceded 6 or 7 the second days so we probably still have work to do there so like it's probably work in progress but um, certainly it was much improved and it made, a, it made a difference towards a much better display the second day against Mayo This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Alan Brogan of Dublin and before him Colm Cooper of Kerry ahead of next Sunday's All-Ireland Senior Football Final off the ball will be all over that during the week now the Rugby World Cup kicks off on Friday England take on Fiji in the first game our campaign starts on Saturday when we meet Canada Ronan O'Gara was a special guest on Off the Ball Live at the Opera House in recent days he was joined by Ralph Keyes and Irish Times rugby correspondent Jerry Thornley and this is just some of what they had to say we'll start with Raj from speaking to a few of the players I think the message coming is that Ireland need to we want to see Ireland hit the ground running against Canada and these games I think were looked as a big kind of a fitness block that they weren't looked upon as a real test match in terms of the the so with a normal test match, obviously you wouldn't be as part of their plan, the fact that they would get something out of these four games to be peaking for the 11th of October. But I do seriously worry about France. Um, you know, France are always better at World Cups than they are in Six Nations. You know, they have three months preparation time. Uh, you don't have the club v country, you know, off the field fighting that you get during the season. And they seem a bit more comfortable in their skin when they get to World Cups. And they've proven it time after time after time. And, you know, probably were done out of a World Cup in the final against New Zealand. Uh, Abdel Benetzi dropped a ball in in Durban in the lashing rain when South Africa went on to win it and South Africa would have been gone. Uh, The All Blacks certainly, um, you know, don't want to see them coming down their channel uh, in a knockout stage, I think, you know, at the quarterfinal stage or semi-final stage. So France, and had, they've looked powerful. They've looked, you know, even though they've maybe gone away from their flair game that was so, so good in the past, there's still going to be serious opposition. Even if Ireland are at their pitch perfect, it'll be a massive game to, to, to get over. I agree with Ralph. I think France, of the history, France have, have the capabilities because there are some unbelievable specimens pick them all as lean as he's ever been and I think if he's hungry he's just a really hard man to stop but I think what will be their Achilles heel is when they have such individual ability but I don't think they can collectively put it together to threaten to threaten Ireland in terms of of beating them I hope you know I think they have fantastic individuals but I, I don't think that if Ireland show up like they did in the last two to three times they've played France, I think Ireland will be um, collectively better than them. But if France get a lead like they did inside the France against England, then Michelac kicks his goals, which isn't a definite, but yeah. it's possible on any given day. And, you know I mean, Uge scores a try or there's a charge down, then France are going to be... It's not going to be, I think, people here presume Ireland are going to beat France. I don't think... I think that's a very dangerous presumption. And the word from the camp right from the get-go was that Dave Carney and Rob Carney turned up in phenomenal shape. Dave Carney in the shape of his life and waiting to see him when he comes onto the pitch and 
was it against Wales when he did the cameo off the bench and he looked really sharp and then again last week and he does look super fit and he's playing with a lot more confidence than Tommy Bowe clearly is at the moment so and it's a bit unlucky for Simon Zebo, I think because Rob Carney's knee injury meant that Simon played full back and Dave Carney started and realistically Simon Zebo's probably not going to dislodge Rob Carney from the team but then Dave Carney has an excellent game in the left wing so I think Dave Carney is forcing his way in instead of Zebo. yeah on the left wing and then you're looking at probably Keith Earls on the right wing or maybe Luke Fitzgerald on the other wing I think they're going to be the likely starting wings on form unless Tommy does something in one of the two first pool games and the other one is obviously that uh, Ian Henderson's really pushing Devon Toner for starting place given his form in the warm-up games compared to Devon's otherwise I think you can pretty much pick the team anybody the dogs on Collins can pick the team actually Roland O'Gara, Ralph Keyes and Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times speaking at a very special off the ball live at the Opera House well this time next week we'll have started our World Cup campaign. Hopefully we'll have started it well with a comprehensive win over Canada. Off the ball will be all over that. On Sunday they've got two live and exclusive Premier League games. Tottenham taking on Crystal Palace at 1.30. Kenny Cunningham will be on analysis. Then at four, Stephen Ward joins Nathan Murphy at Anfield for Liverpool against Norwich. They'll also have the latest from the All-Ireland football final as Kerry clash with Dublin. Woolley will be at the game for us to build up to that, of course, across the week on Off the Ball. We leave you, though, with the sounds of celebration from the Limerick dressing room in the aftermath of their Bordgosh Energy All-Ireland under-21 hurling final win over Wexford and Thurles on Saturday night. It was a special, special night for the Shannon Siders and boy, did they know how to celebrate. Until next week, good luck, goodbye.